Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CircuitPython Weekly for April 6th, 2020. This is the time of the week that we get together to talk about all things CircuitPython. I'm Katni, and I am sponsored by Adafruit to work on CircuitPython. CircuitPython is a version of Python that runs on tiny computers called microcontrollers. CircuitPython development is sponsored by Adafruit. Please support them by purchasing hardware from adafruit.com or during this time, uh, please support them by purchasing hardware from our partner DigiKey at digikey.com. This meeting is recorded. It normally happens at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on Mondays. Uh, we host it on the Adafruit Discord channel, or Discord, which you can get to uh, at adafru.it slash discord. And the Recording is of the CircuitPython audio channel and the CircuitPython chat channel, and that will be put on YouTube when this is done. If you are interested in participating but don't want to um, don't want to uh, be recorded, that's absolutely fine. You can let us know that you're lurking or um, put your status updates and so on in the notes document, and I will read them off as we go along. Um, if we change the time for the meeting, we let people know in the CircuitPython channel on Discord. You can be added to the CircuitPythonistas role if you would like to be notified about changes to the meeting or about uh, when reminders about when the meeting is going to start. Uh, the recording is released on most podcast services. If you find that it is not available on your favorite podcast service, please let us know. This meeting is held in five parts. The first part is community news, which is a look at things going on in the community related to uh, CircuitPython and Python in general. Uh, the second part is the state of CircuitPython, the libraries, and Blinka. It is a statistical overview of the entire project by the numbers and gives us a chance to talk about what's going on with it aside from what it is that we're actually up to. The next section is Hug Reports. Hug Reports is a chance to recognize people for doing something good. Uh, we take some time, go down the list. It is held as a round robin. I will start and then uh, continue down the list alphabetically and loop back to the top, giving everybody who wants a chance to give a Hug Report. Again, if you are lurking uh, or you are text only, please let us know. And um, I will read off notes from the document from people who are lurking or missing the meeting um, as I go. Uh, <clears throat> forgot to mention as well, if you are gonna be missing the meeting, you can still put notes in the notes document that we post uh, after each meeting for the following meeting, and we can read them off uh, as if you were there. The next section is status updates. Status updates is a chance to take a couple minutes and talk about what you've been up to since the last meeting, what you're going to be up to uh, until the next meeting. Um, and it just gives us a chance to hear what's going on with everyone. And uh, it's also an opportunity to provide tips and tricks for uh, any, anything that anyone has questions about. The last section is in the weeds. In the weeds is an opportunity for more long form discussions. They may come out of status updates, or you may already have an in the weeds topic. 
if you do, please add it to the notes document um, and put your name next to it so we know who posted it and we will go through them when we get to that point. If you have in these topics, please add them as soon as you are aware of them uh, so that we're not waiting at the end to find out um, what everybody wants to talk about. And that sums up the meeting. Um, I think that covers just about everything. So we're going to go ahead and get started with community news. Um, first up, Stanford is offering a free introductory coding course in Python uh, with a very short deadline. Um, it, and as an active community service, a group of Stanford computer science instructors are coming together to offer their teaching services free of charge for people who want to learn introductory coding subject to availability. Uh, this is a one-time offering during the COVID-19 situation. The course dates are April 13th until May 22nd. Uh, anyone who has internet available is, is, is eligible. Um, no coding experience is needed. And uh, the deadline for students is April 8th. The deadline uh, to teach is April 3rd. So if that's something you're interested in, uh, check it out on Stanford's site. Um, there's a link in the notes. The crowd supply campaign for um, the Circuit Brains Deluxe which is a, uh, an M4 uh, castellated solderable board that comes preloaded with CircuitPython. It's by Nullbytes Lab LLC. The crowd supply campaign was launched last week. So if you're interested in a tiny little M4 that can be added to your project, check that out. Um, Digiheap posted to Twitter a project from Sean Heimel on making a temperature logger with the STM 32F405 Express. Uh, I should be posting the links to these things. So I'm going to go back and do that. Hold on. Here's the Stanford project. I've been doing them, Katni. Oh, you have, and I've totally missed it. All right. That's excellent. fine. So, uh, the Sean Heimel project on making a temperature logger. Excellent. Um, next up, Sophie assembled. Uh, her NeoPixel dodecahedron made of custom milled PCBs and 55 NeoPixel LEDs running CircuitPython code. Um, there's new uh, new Friday Fun blog post last week from Les P, uh, who posted free projects from his Pi user section of Linux Format Magazine. Um, if I remember correctly, it includes like hacking uh, things like hacking. Um, I'm totally blocking on the name of the game now. Um, hacking games, uh, working with um, other stuff. Uh, I've not written it down and have promptly forgotten. But check it out. It's uh, it's the section of, of that he writes of um, Linux Format Magazine, and he's included a bunch of them on his site. Um, next up, connecting an MLX90393 magnetometer to an Adafruit Feather M0 running CircuitPython uh, is a project listed on learnmicropython.com. And there are more projects available there as well. If you know of cool CircuitPython stuff um, that happened in the last week, help us highlight it by making a PR to the newsletter. Um, you can also file an issue. And uh, just there are many ways to get us that information. But if you have any kind of Python on hardware, 
news or projects or things that you're working on, we can add that and you can be part of the newsletter as well. And that is community news. Next up, the state of CircuitPython libraries and Blinka. So this is a few sections. We'll talk about it overall, then we'll talk about the core, the libraries, and Blinka separately. So overall, we had 36 pull requests merged by 16 authors. I see a couple new names in there that I don't recognize. Jim Bob Bennett, HHK7734, D. Malavi, and Michael Lass are names that I do not recognize. Uh, so thank you to our new contributors. Um, and 12 reviewers, which is also amazing. Thank you to everybody who, uh, who's been reviewing as well. Um, we can't do everything without uh, both people giving us stuff to review and people reviewing it. And uh, in terms of issues, we had 26 issues closed by 12 people and seven opened by seven people. So we are net down, which is also excellent. Overall, we had 5.1.0 stable released last week, which is amazing. Um, we talked last week about the release candidate and we didn't find any major issues, so we released it. Um, in terms of the, so in terms of that, please uh, feel free to test it and let us know if you do find any issues. And I believe that we are looking towards a new unstable release coming soon um, with low power. Is that right, Scott? Yes. Excellent. Okay. So uh, look for that coming soon. Uh, please test that on all your projects um, as well and let us know uh, if you have any issues. In terms of the libraries, we have been um, going through the library infrastructure issues and getting everything up to standard. So there have been a number of PRs and um, fixes going in that are more house cleaning um, than they are code changes. And um, Melissa's been doing some great stuff with Blinka. Um, there's a new guide out on how to add a new board. Uh, so we are making a lot of progress on everything. Um, and with that, I will turn it over to Scott to talk about the core. Awesome. Thank you, Katni. Uh, so in the core, over the last week, we had six pull requests merged from five different authors. Uh, a couple new folks, so uh, thanks to Zobs and BD34 for 34N for their contributions. We had two reviewers, so thank you to uh, myself and Dan for the reviewing. And again, we're always looking for reviewers, um, so keep that in mind. We have seven open pull requests where the long, the oldest is 118 days. I think this is the, the same one that we've had for a while. And the newest is 10 days, so uh, we do have some stuff in the middle ground, but... Uh, Lots of good long-term stuff, the big chunky pull, pull requests in there, so that's all good. Uh, Issues-wise, we had four closed issues by two people and two open by two people, so we're actually net down two, which is good for us. And uh, we have a total of 268 open issues. Uh, check the notes doc for a link to all of the open issues. Uh, we have six active milestones and uh, four issues that aren't assigned a milestone. Uh, because we're kind of in this like post-stable release state, uh, we're not super... Diligent, diligent about watching our milestones, but there's nothing wrong with that. 
And then uh, on the download side, um, we're still having some issues. I've I have been uh, updating the CircuitPython.org with every release, just so things boards are sorted by downloads. But uh, we don't have kind of a reliable way of getting download stats yet. Um, but it does look like we'll we'll just use raw download logs, so we do get downloads per day, which is pretty neat. Um, so yeah, expect to see that in the next few weeks as as we get around to it. And that's it for the core. Thanks, Scott. Mm-hmm. Next up is the libraries. We had 29 pull requests merged by 11 authors, including the names that I read off earlier. Um, so thank you to our new contributors and 11 reviewers, which is also excellent. I believe Andrew Tribble is actually new to reviewing. So that is um, always excellent to see. Thank you very much for joining us there. Uh, the oldest pull request we merged was 66 days, so we've been keeping up pretty well with that, leaving us with 23 open pull requests. Um, and I know we've been uh, working through those as well. There were 21 issues closed by 10 people and four opened by four people, so we are net down. Um, a lot of that is uh, possibly tied to the stuff that I was going through and doing, but um, not all of it. So there's definitely some actual churn going on in the issues, and that's excellent. Leaving us with 162 open issues total across all the libraries. If you want to see all this information, it is available at circuitpython.org contributing. And as the website says, um, if you are looking to contribute, it is an excellent place to start you can go to that site. It has all of the open PRs, all of the open issues, and all of the current library infrastructure issues. And all of those are possibly containing something that you may be able to work on. Um, this all assumes that you will get some experience with Git and GitHub, which we are happy to help you with. And there's also a guide for that as well. Um, but don't be intimidated. There are plenty of things that we can find that are for um, that are good first issues, we call them, and that's the type of thing that you can do if you've never contributed before. Um, and we, like I said, are always happy to help. You can always ask questions on Discord or GitHub, and we will do our best to answer. In the last seven days, we had two new libraries, BLE MIDI and BLE IBBQ, and a number of updated libraries, the list of which I will not read off. Um, which means now it is time for me to turn it over to Melissa to talk about Blinka. Hello, so I'm going to talk about Blinka, which is our CircuitPython compatibility layer for Raspberry Pi and other single board computers. And we had in the last week uh, one pull request merged by one author and one reviewer. We have one open pull request, which actually has been merged in this morning. Uh, there's one closed issue by one person and one open by one person, and that leaves 37 open issues at the moment. There have been 2,002 PyPI downloads in the last week, and we are currently supporting 43 boards. And that's it. Excellent. Thank you. And that is the state of CircuitPython, the libraries, and Blinka. Next up, Hug Reports. So like I said earlier, Hug Reports is an opportunity to take a moment and recognize people for doing something good. Uh, we do this every week. 
it is held as a round robin where I will start as an example and then I will go down the list alphabetically either calling on you to unmute your mic and uh, let us know your hug reports or if you are text only I will read off your notes when I get to them if you are missing the meeting I will um, read off your notes alphabetically as if you were there and uh, if you're lurking I will skip over you and go to the next person so I will get started then First off, I have a hug report from someone else, um, from Kevin at DigiKey to everyone in the Help with CircuitPython channel that helped with his firetruck bed siren project. He gave a hug report on show and tell last week, and I wanted to let you guys know, um, since I know that there are a number of people who helped him out in this meeting. A hug report to Summersoft for help with understanding Adabot, or at least verification that I had the right idea and for putting together the requested updates to clean up some of the issues with Adabot checks. Uh, hug report to Jeff Effler for releasing 5.1.0 stable and for taking notes today. To Anne B for all her great work on the newsletter since it was handed over to us entirely. To Dylan for all the work getting going into submitting all of the Oshawa certification applications. To Adafruit for the first set of boards being certified as open source by Oshawa. 15 CircuitPython compatible boards were certified. To John Park for running a successful mini show and tell last week. We have um, been tasked with learning how to run it in the event that uh, Phil and Lamore are otherwise occupied, which may or may not happen during all of this craziness. And so each of us will be running a tiny version of show and tell over the next couple weeks. And um, that was uh, the first one, and that was John Parks, and it went really well. Um, hug report to Adafruit for continuing efforts during the COVID-19 outbreak, both in terms of supporting Adafruit folks internally and continuing to provide support and equipment to the New York City area. And a group hug to the community. Continue to stay strong and positive and support each other. I am heartwarmed by the amount of support that has continued on Discord. Um, Keep it up. There's, there's no. I, I have no. I have no changes to suggest. It's just I, I wanted to recognize that everyone has been doing a great job with helping everyone else out and helping out with projects and, you know, being patient with new people who are joining us and all of that. So thank you very much for that. Uh, King of North is lurking. So next up is Melissa. Hello. So I wanted to give a hug report to Tanu for quickly reviewing my circuitpython.org pull requests. Uh, a hug report to Jeffler for your help with the spy on IOCTL. I was able to get past some sticking points with your code. And uh, foamy guy for testing, merging, and pushing the Featherwing library. And to Adafruit for continuing to be helpful to everybody in this crisis and your awesome ability to keep going on and maintain everyone internally that's it all right thank you uh lurking lurking and next up is summersoft apologies i was reading elsewhere and was not prepared <laughs> <clears throat> i'm not used to being on voice anymore so 
Uh, I want to give a, a hug port to uh, Scott, Dan, Jeff, and Zobs uh, for highlighting and participating in the uh, GitHub Actions issue regarding their um, aptitude repository failures. Um, it's one thing to to highlight it in a meaningful way and just complain about it, um, which we have not done, and I think that's cool. Um, and then also a hug report to the whole Adafruit team for both working on combating um, COVID-19 supply chain issues and having the agility to maximize um, the Adafruit community's normalcy. Um, I think that's pretty important, and you guys have done a bang-up job. Thanks. All right, thank you. Next up is Scott. Hello. Uh, first and foremost, uh, hug report to Jerry H., <laughs> which I, st I still have to remind myself was not Jerry N., but Jerry H., uh, for testing the Beely MIDI stuff and working with me last week on figuring out what the issues were. Uh, so thanks to Jerry H. for that. Uh, thanks to Carter for the cherries and peaches and Animal Crossing, and Nina for the pears. Uh, that was playing that this weekend, and that was fun. Got to visit their islands. Uh, hug report to uh, Esden and TNT for the FPGA help. I was trying to lay everything else out for um, for an, uh, an FPGA feather and, and got some answers there. Uh, one I should add is uh, thanks to Chris Gamble and Eric Moyer for Hardware Happy Hour um, Discord server. So for those of you who don't know, Hardware Happy Hour is a usually in-person meetup every week. Uh, and because obviously nobody can meet up, uh, I created a Discord server last week and we had our first virtual 3H. Uh, and so that was really cool. If you're interested in that, um, let me know and I'm happy to share an invite link to that Discord server as well. It's kind of still centered around different cities, um, but uh, hopefully they'll be, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to pick up with in-person meetings once we all have that ability. Um, thanks to John Park for Key Matrix Fun, uh, working on hacking an old MIDI controller, and uh, you should see some interesting guide stuff around key matrices, key matrices as well. Um, thanks to Hyrefect for jumping into the deep end uh, of linkers and linker scripts with me. I know it's uh, daunting and overwhelming, but I'm excited for, for m multiple of us to be able to handle it. Uh, Thanks to Jeff Epler for the foundational work with Proto Matter and the Frame Buff display stuff. Uh, I know that I gave a non-trivial amount of feedback, but I think it's going to be a really good foundation. So uh, thanks for that. And lastly, thanks to Zobs for the light export. If you didn't see, uh, we now actually have a RISC-V build for CircuitPython, and that is now building uh, CircuitPython for the FOMU, which is an FPGA board with a RISC-V soft core on it, which is really neat. And that's it for me. All right. Thanks, Scott. Mm -hmm. Next up is V923Z. Do you want me to read it off? Ah, OK. No problem. Um, so hug report to Jeff Epler for 5.1.0 to Dan H. for proposing Microlab integration into CircuitPython in the first place, Summersoft for his help on GitHub Actions, and a group hug for all the encouragement and positive reception. All right. Uh, and Yeah, in the meantime, I fixed my microphone. Oh, but okay. You have finished that. Thanks a lot. Okay. All right. 
So Andrew is lurking, but I have notes, so I will read those off. Uh, which is a group hug. I also have notes for Carter, who is lurking, but has notes. Uh, to Dan H for help with BLE. Quick ID of issue and PR fix to help with a forum thread. This one was driving me crazy, so helped save my sanity. Next up is C. Grover. Hi there. Uh, group hug to the team in the community and 5.1.0 is working great on a couple of projects I've been working on. And uh, a thanks to John Park for giving me a very helpful hint about dealing with lighting gel color coats. Don't try to sterilize them. <laughs> You'll get a stain on your workbench. Anyway, that's all I got. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Um, next up is Charles. A group hug to all, all the, the whole community and also a, a, a hug to uh, Phil and Lamore for keeping, keep, keeping going beyond, um, beyond all this mess in New York City because I have friends who live there and it's like impossible to do anything including it's very hard to go shopping even so i hope everything works out for for them and for the community thank you very much thanks charles next up is dan hello um so to, to reciprocate on uh, carter's uh thanks for pointing out the regression with scanning with BLE scanning in the BLE library, it was easy to fix, but we should have noticed it earlier. Uh, thanks to Jeff Epler for doing the 510 release that went really smoothly, and he now knows how releases work. And uh, it's nice to have another person being able to do, being able to do that. And thanks to Adafruit in general for all the personal protective equipment design and manufacturing that they're doing in New York City. It's pretty amazing to watch. Okay. All right. Thanks, Dan. AP is lurking. David Gloud, I have notes for, so I will read off. Uh, of Hug Report to Foamy Guy and Lady Ada for the IS31FL3731 PR review. Duester is lurking, so next up is Foamy Guy. Right. Um, so a couple of hug reports this week. One for uh, Jeff Hepler for the 510 release. Um, got that running on a couple of devices here as well. Uh, somebody else had mentioned that, so I've got that running on a few of my projects as well. Haven't seen any issues. Um, so happy, happy, joy, joy for the new release. Um, uh, Lady Ada for some uh, calibration scripts uh, that she had created for uh, magnetometers. And uh, I forgot to write this one in there, but also Katni for uh, reminding me to look back on that one. That one had slipped my radar. Um, Jerry N uh, was helping me get set up with the RFM69 radios uh, to test the reliable datagram that he was working on. And um, also Dan H and uh, Carter as well, both um, for pointing me in the right direction on uh, the J-Link tools and uh, all the guides and everything I'll need to get that set up um, to recover one of my featherboards. Uh, and that's all I have this week. All right, thanks. Eight guys lurking. Next up is Hire Effect. 
so yeah, hugs this week to uh, Scott, who helped me out with um, a bunch of linker stuff uh, for the SCM32H7 and F7 port. Um, looking forward to getting further into that as we go, uh, but it's mostly done now. Thank you very much for your help. Um, thanks to Dan for helping me out with some silly typos um, and uh, and just generally uh, uh, helping out with kind of random questions coming in from the STM32 port this week. Um, and uh, and then just a group hug to, to everyone else. Hope you stay healthy. That's it. All right, thanks. We have two people lurking, which means next up is Jeff. Hello. I, I want to thank everybody who helped out with 510. It's heartwarming to hear your comments, but I did, you know, the last uh, inch of a long, well, not so long trip. Uh, my release notes list the pull request authors, but there are so many more. We've got the reviewers and we've got the community members, uh, everyone giving us feedback, everyone trying it out. Thanks to all of you. And I also need to send a special shout out to Zoltan for Microlab. That is a huge effort and now we're all going to benefit from it. So thanks to you and thanks for open sourcing it. And I want to give a hug to everyone who is making and sharing cloth masks for uh, us to use out in public right now. Um, we've got to find ways to do stuff and this is a concrete thing that we can do and it will make me feel better to see that around. So thank you. All right, excellent. Uh, next up is Jerry. Uh, just a group hug. Nice to be part of the group. All right. Thank you. And that is hug reports, which means it is time for status updates. Status updates is uh, time to take a couple minutes and talk about what you've been doing since the last meeting and what you're going to do until the next meeting. Um, I know last week, Scott also added a what are you doing outside of CircuitPython um, to give us a chance to just talk about what we've been doing to keep ourselves busy throughout this whole situation. So feel free to also include anything else you're working on that you would like to share. Um, we do this in a round robin just like hug reports. If there are notes for people I will read them off. Um, if someone is text only I will read that off as well. And I will start and then move through the list. Um, if there's anything that turns into a longer form discussion, it can be moved to in the weeds, um, or depending on what kind of time we have, we can just work through it uh, during status updates. And with that, I will get started. So last week, continue to move through the library infrastructure issues. Um, we've been focusing on getting this list down to something that's much more manageable and much cleaner. Um, there are checks on there that are more for us than they are for other people to do because they require credentials. And so we've been working through a lot of that stuff. Um, I resolved so many read the docs issues. All libraries are now listed as a subproject on CircuitPython and all libraries on the bundle now have active docs and updated links. So that was a, a huge undertaking, um, including uh, dealing with <laughs> read the docs not loading. So um, managed to work around that and get somewhere with it. I uh, worked with Summersoft to get some updates to the contributing page due to a couple issues with some Adabot checks. One of them was triggering improperly on pretty much everything. So it was just a massively long list of libraries 
that um, didn't we, we didn't need to have in there because it wasn't accurate. Filed a number of issues on Adabot as, uh, that I found as I dug through the library infrastructure issues. Um, continued to coordinate and assist with the Oshawa certification process for Adafruit hardware. And our first set of boards has been officially open source certified. There is a link. Um, there is one board in there that was previously certified and the rest are all within the past week. So we are working on getting all of our hardware certified, which is going to take some time. Um, they are very recently started working on an API to make it easier for both them and others to certify large quantities of things at once. But that API is still in the works and we wanted to get this done. So we're doing it and we're working with them and um, it's gonna take some time for them to get through all of the things we've submitted. Uh, and I merged some PRs and some other various and sundry things. Uh, this week, um, I'm gonna be testing some code for Colin. Um, obviously, we have uh, people who are still working on guides and need that code tested. And Lamore often does that. However, Lamore is otherwise occupied at the moment, so I have been put um, in charge of testing random code. Uh, today is Library Monday, but it's really more Library Week as I'm still going through all of those issues. Um, there is, was an update to the 1.3 inch OLED display. It now has Stemma, but we did not update the PCB files on GitHub, so I'll be doing that at some point. Um, tomorrow I will be putting together the newsletter video recap. Um, it's still taking me quite a while to do that as I'm still very, very new to Premiere, so that pretty much takes up most of my day tomorrow. Um, I'm going to be updating the newsletter today with the Oshawa certification updates. We're going to include the progress um, as it happens, uh, but this week, since it's new, it'll be um, one of the features, so uh, sneak peek. Um, and then hoping to make some time for an Adabot crash course with Summersoft, uh, the idea being that um, I would be able to fix some of the issues that I've been filing because some of them are relatively simple, um, but I have very little understanding of what's going on with Adabot, so I would need a little help with that, and that is in the works. Um, outside of uh, CircuitPython, which I don't have in my notes, um, played some Diablo 3 uh, this weekend. Um, playing with someone who's never played it before, so we're actually playing uh, through the campaign, and it's kind of fun to go back through it with someone who's never done it before, um, versus the fact that I've done it a number of times, so. <laughs> um, that uh, That is kind of, I think, what what I did, watch some, uh, some good omens as well, which I, if you're into that sort of thing and or have read the book, I highly recommend. It's um, Amazon Prime video. And that's where I'm at, uh, which means next up is Maker Melissa. Hello. So I'm pretty busy. Jake, uh, I went through uh, all the boards on CircuitPython.org and looked up their add dates and added those to all the boards. Then I went and added a date added a sort by date added feature to CircuitPython.org. And I, then I added an RSS feed to circuitpython.org that makes use of those dates as well. Um, I finished up 
uh, some finishing touches on my blanket guide and that was published. I finished up the reskin on the web Bluetooth dashboard and that is now live. I updated the associated learn guide images and information on there. Uh, and I wrote a pure Python spy module for the Adafruit pure, pure IO Python library. And that is now live in Blink. Uh, this week, uh, I need to write up a blog post about the dashboard reskin. I need to uh, add a section to Raspberry Pi guides about removing kernel drivers for the Pi TFT, and then figure out what my next projects are. And that's it. All right. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, okay, so Mr. Certainly is lurking, but just popped some notes in uh, that I will read off after I take a timestamp. I know I'm quietly lurking, but for what I'm doing outside of CircuitPython, aside from working, I've just picked up a first-gen Surface book, been a Mac user for ages, and I need a bare metal Windows machine for some accessories I want to use for streaming. All right, SDW is lurking, which means next up is Summersoft. Hello again. Um, so last week, as was mentioned, um, I did some stuff with Adabot. Um, I removed some remaining code that was uh, left over from when we were using uh, Travis CI. So I got that out of there finally. Um, I changed the uh, repository label validator that used to flag the repositories if they were missing the standard, any of the standard set of labels that we want on them. Uh, but we actually could just have Adabot update them instead, so it does that now. Um, uh, one of the long issues on the contributing page was um, the permissions validators for the CircuitPython librarians team. Um, some things had, that used to work stopped working uh, after some public, I won't call it embarrassment, but it was a humility type moment. Um, I realized that that was actually the case, so uh, worked around that. So that list is no longer there. Well, shorter now. Um, and then I started working on some changes to the um, needs release validator uh, that basically checks if there's been commits since the last release. Um, we'd like to have it not include um, things that don't affect the user, so more CI-related things um, that shouldn't drive a release. And also, um, last week, I've been kind of jumped back into Rosie Pie. I'd hit a goal that I could take a break on, and so I took a break on it and jumped back into it. Um, I'm getting closer to running tests again. Uh, the way I set up the new architecture, uh, basically, the web server and the, the actual running of the tests are separated from, from user space for security reasons. Um, but that made it hard for me to see when it was breaking so that it was silent or uh, failing silently. So I finally figured out how to get those, um, which sped up some progress over the weekend. Um, and then also I started thinking about changing how I hand rolled my uh, test syntax um, and changing it to actually use something more along the lines of, of unit test or pi test. Uh, so for this week um, coming up, uh, I'm going to finish the the needs release needs release validator changes, um, and then work on um, 
a patch to add the um, black code formatting checks to each of the uh, actions YAML files, um, and then just keep pushing forward on Rosie. That's and then of course uh, work with Katni on on increasing some uh, inner workings of Adabot knowledge, which I'm more than happy to do in the community setting um, if people would be interested. So that's all I got. All right. Thank you very much. Next up is Scott. Hello. Uh, I released the Bealy MIDI library last week. Um, I still need to get it in the bundle. That's a note to myself. I should do that soon this afternoon. Uh, I spent time debugging it with Jerry H. There was some connectivity issues, and it seemed to work after we told his iPad to forget the device and, and reconnect. I had a similar issue, so there's probably some reliability stuff there, but at least we can just turn it off and back on again. Uh, I'm going to be supporting John Park this week with uh, Bealy MIDI as well, so we'll see if he hits the reliabilities as well, uh, reliability issues as well. Uh, I helped HireFact with linking stuff uh, last week as well, um, and then circled back to low power. Uh, been, I had a big long list of stuff I needed to test, which is good that I had that list because most of it didn't work. So I've been kind of plugging away at Pulsin and fixing stuff. I think I fixed a couple of reliability issues with sleep itself. So that's really good too. Um, so I got to circle back and finish off that testing list uh, this week. And then I have kind of two kind of higher level quests that uh, I have. One is that I'm getting in ESP32 S2 tomorrow, which is exciting. So I'm going to support. Uh, tack with testing of tiny USB on there and start to get my feet wet into the ESP IDF and the build system they've got going and all that stuff. And then um, just chatting with Lamore, she also asked if I could help with reverse engineering a USB protocol for Fever Scanner, which is like a um, like a handheld thermal camera, but the thermal camera is tuned to uh, the like temperatures of a uh, human body. So uh, I'm going to get a dump from her and then work on uh, spiffing up VUSB so that it can uh, figure out what their protocol is, which will be a great way for me to both hack on VUSB and uh, to do the reverse engineering. And then outside of, uh, outside of CircuitPython and work, uh, I alluded to it already, but Animal Crossing has been pretty fun. Um, hanging out with some folks and, and getting some new stuff. And uh, as my friend put it, being a uh, living the capitalist nightmare that is Animal Crossing because it always has you in debt. And uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Age of Empires 2 is something I'm still interested in playing. Didn't play any of this week, but I, I, I'm feeling it. I have a hankering for it. Another thing I have a hankering for is doing PCB layout. I spent a, no, a number of hours trying to lay out a, an FPGA feather. So I may take a crack at that some more, but it's it's pretty tricky, especially with larger components. And then I also have a, a piano keyboard that I want to lay out a board for as well. So I've got ideas about that, and that should be a lot simpler. So I may actually do that first. Uh, I've been going for runs to get myself out of the house and uh, I made pizza dough over the weekend, and we're making pizzas tonight. So I'll be good. Sounds good. Thanks, Scott. Mm -hmm. All right, next up is Zoltan. 
Uh, thanks, Katni. So in the past week, I have found and fixed a couple of bugs in, in uh, Microlab and added a couple of new functions and features. I don't know how many of these have made it into 5.1, but I think it's never late. It can happen later. Um, and on top of that, I, I had to update the documentation. So for the coming week, I have no particular plans yet, at least as far as programming is concerned. And otherwise, I have a couple of uh, uh, projects uh, for which I have to design a couple of PCBs. So that's that's from me. All right. Thank you. And Andrew is lurking, but I have notes. So let me read those off. From Andrew Tribble, this week, begin working on a NeoPixel-based CircuitPython run system of RGB hexagon lights as a bit of RGB wall art. Going to try and make a full hexagon be addressable as a single pixel within the NeoPixel library by making a custom board using a WS2811 on custom PCB to get some PCB experience as well. Outside of CircuitPython, been playing some GTA 5 LSP BFR Plus, a plugin that takes the core concept of GTA 5 and flips it on its head. So the player is playing as law enforcement and is responsible for writing tickets, making arrests, and overall crime prevention. That is definitely different. All right. Um, so I have some uh, people lurking, which means next up is C. Grover. Well, I wrapped up my Kronos projects. Um, I did some power wiring that I wasn't happy with, so I tore it out and put it back in. But I wire wrapped all of the data and low power uh, connections behind some standard headers on feather boards. And uh, it brought, I put here, it brought back memories of large scale wire wrap projects I used to work on. Yeah, it brought back those memories, but it was pretty simple. And so I really only had two solder joints in the whole project. And uh, that was kind of nice for troubleshooting, but um, wire wrap is pretty reliable too if you put a, a circuitry in a case. So I may be doing that a little bit more on some of my projects. Let's see, I worked on the unit converters library and added dew point and heat index helpers to that. But I, I found an Australian approach for combining heat index and wind chill called the apparent temperature um, method. And I want to take a look at that and see, because, you know, when I'm going for a walk, I'll look at the wind chill and I'll look at the heat index to figure out what I'm going to wear, right? When I'm going out in the weather, if mm -hmm. the wind blows a lot here. But the AT method combines both those, so it might um, give me a little chart that I can use that um, will help me stay warm or cold or whatever. Um, I still have two lonely PCBs to assemble and test over the next week. They ignore me when I walk into the room now. They won't make eye contact, so i got to get busy with those. <laughs> um, I want to get back to designing more boards, so that really is a fun part of um, what I like doing. And I want to try my hand at some flex circuits at some point, even though I don't have a use for them right now. I'll find one. Uh, outside activities, I'm working on another solo CD um, and developing some cinematic themes that I've been working on in my head for a number of years that I've only partially formed. And I, I'd like to write more symphonic music around that, and we'll see how that works out. Uh, feeding and watching the birds in the backyard, I'm their caregiver now. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I would be, but I'm a slave to them. And I'm getting back into scratch cooking, and my success rate is better than 50%. Hey, I'll take it. 
All right. Thanks. Apparently my wife um, has given me a thumbs up most of the time. You can't, you can't go wrong there. No, it's good. All right. Excellent. Uh, next up is Charles. I haven't been doing a whole lot, but I still, still pecking away at the, uh, at a, trying to get an inter, a keyboard in keyboard interface that works reliably in circuit python because it's like it's like i'm trying to do an 88 key keyboard that i got off of uh, got from a company called centaur i got the uh, keybed and i'm trying to figure out a, the most reliable way to to uh, wire it because one of the things it has that i have never never understood how it works is the aftertouch uh and uh, velocity sensitivity so we'll work it out but uh that's what i've been doing for projects outside of outside of uh circuit python i've been playing around with a grand central uh talking to my talking to various things and I'm also working on a project to have a remote camera at the uh, gate for my uh, brother-in-law's uh, horse farm, so we can see who's coming and going, you know, for for safety reasons. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's where I am. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Next up is Dan. Hi. All right. So I finished, I'm pretty much finished up with the fix on the UF2 bootloader for SAMV51, which was um, writing zeros to random places in Flash, not random places, but right after the bootloader, uh, which is a problem because it causes people projects to fail after they power cycle them. So I have a fix for that. It basically involves making sure that the uh, voltage is up to snuff before we go from the bootloader into the user program. And there were a whole bunch of other problems associated with this that were sort of uh, latent problems in the bootloader. And I fixed some of them and there's more to do, but I'll do those later. They're not as important. Uh, I was just about to do a release and then I found that when I was uh, doing storage that erase file system uh, on the SAMV21, uh, board, it would crash my Linux system with this new bootloader, but I'm not sure it has anything to do with the new bootloader. So I, uh, I submitted a, a Linux bug report and I'm testing it out um, on another machine, my laptop instead of uh, the desktop and it's not failing. So it's maybe hardware specific. So this all may be a red herring. So assuming that all goes fine, I'll make a release for this new bootloader soon. And then the next thing to do is to um, add some stuff, add some stuff in CircuitPython.org so that you can see which bootloader is the latest bootloader for your board and download it just like you can download CircuitPython. So there'll be an addition to the CircuitPython.board board pages. Uh, I fixed uh, a bug as was mentioned earlier with uh, uh, BLE radio start scan which needed a default argument. Uh, in non-Circuit Python stuff, I there was I helped out some people adding SAMD51 support to an Arduino library that uh, does internal flash storage. 
And from now on, I'll finish the bootloader, as I mentioned. I'll add the bootloader links, and uh, then I'll get back to doing some more BLE work, which is to do um, add this Adafruit sensor services to uh, CircuitPython. We already have them in Arduino land. OK. All right. Thanks, Dan. Next up, I have notes from David Gloud. Who says LED shim from Pimeroni support in IS31 FL3731 library? Next up is Foamy Guy. Right. Um, so for this week, I had um, actually quite a bit. I got dug into over the weekend. So uh, running through them, I did um, tested out a brightness fix on the Featherwing um, library. And that's for the 16 by 8 matrices. Um, I did. I attempted. I started working on uh, an update to the Circuit Playground library to allow it to play music uh, without blocking or, or any sound files, really. Um, but the the way the width uh, context is used to get access to the pin um, made that to be a little bit more difficult than I had originally thought. So um, trying to scrap the idea on that for now, since you can still do it directly with audio out. Um, worked on uh, one of the compass examples, adding the calibrations for um, hard iron calibrations from that script that Linwar had created. Um, testing and merging um, on a PR that was for the DHT library. So these are the old school temperature and humidity sensors. Um, and this was a fix uh, for better error handling. Um, especially on the Raspberry Pi devices, I guess, when you read from these sensors, um, it's it's not super reliable. Occasionally, you get bogus data. Um, and so there was a PR that was existing to kind of handle that bogus data and, and turn it into a meaningful error instead of just returning those big values. So I tested that out on the Trinket and on the Raspberry Pi over the weekend. Um, Give Glouds PR for the LED matrix um, feather wings for the Pimeroni hat. Um, he was working on that, and I saw one of the PRs go by uh, over the weekend was just a small update in the README to list that. Um, so I went ahead and checked that out and got it merged. And then um, the last two I had for this week was a couple firsts for me, which was uh, the first time building the CircuitPython core into a UF2 file. Um, and then also my first time using the, the BASA tool to try to flash uh, CircuitPython onto a device. So um, did pretty good with building uh, the UF2 file, and I was one for two on my devices with BASA. Uh, but now I get to play with uh, JLink, so um, that would be fun as well. For uh, next week, um, I'm going to get back to working on the game guide, um, take another pass through the open PRs uh, and issues um, to try to find some more that I might be able to help with. Um, possibly some updates to a couple Pi Portal examples and learn guides. I got a note uh, for later in the notes to talk about that one. And then um, hopefully going to get a chance to build uh, this mini KBD device. So this was from a user came in to help with CircuitPython room. Maybe uh, two or three weeks ago, they were having trouble with uh, Trinket and Zero that they were trying to use in a project. Uh, and it was for this um, mini KBD device, which is like a little hotkey um, 
keyboard. So that was the first time I had seen it uh, was when they came to the chat room asking about it. And I thought it looked pretty cool. So I got some of those ordered um, and the boards have come in. So I just got to get those built. Uh, and then wrapping it up um, outside of the CircuitPython world, uh, one of the things I've done in this past week or so is I've been working on um, automating Adobe InDesign uh, using IDML. They have their own uh, XML-based markup language that lets you um, kind of build and, and tie together different components in your document. Um, so that's my first time messing with anything like that. Definitely a different uh, thing than I'm used to working on, but it's been pretty fun. And then uh, lastly, was um, last week um, my courses started up. So I'm teaching programming fundamentals uh, in the evenings and uh, got suddenly transitioned to online. Uh, as I mentioned, all the classes lately have been. So um, that's been a bit of a learning curve, but um, I've got that going on now. So two nights a week, I'll be around, um, not nearly as much uh, in the Discord. And that's um, what I've been working on. All right, thank you very much. Next up is Hierofact. Hey, so last week uh, I worked mostly on a bunch of memory and linker stuff, um, as well as adding the uh, F7 uh, series uh, to my big um, F7 and H7 PR, which is uh, just what I've been doing for the last uh, couple weeks. Um, so uh, I got support in for the uh, STM32-F767 Nucleo, um, which is kind of in between the F4 and the H7 series. Um, it's a pretty powerful chip. Uh, it's not quite as fast as the H7s. Uh, it's uh, 280 megahertz, um, but it does have a lot of uh, RAM and a lot of flash, and uh, is, uh, is it'll probably, out the bat, have a little bit more module support than the H7, because the H7 has so many differences. Um, whereas the F7 is a little bit more similar to what we've done already, so it'll support things like Pulse I/O and and uh, and Bus I/O a little bit sooner. Um, I added uh, the MPU uh, memory protection unit and tightly coupled memory support to the H7, which was what all the linker stuff was for. Um, uh, that was really just kind of an interesting learning experience, um, and uh, it'll probably carry over into some IMX work. Uh, since that has a lot of similarities in terms of needing to use um, uh, the really fast, tightly coupled memory as opposed to regular RAM uh, so that you can get the full advantage of these really fast, really, really, really fast uh, processor cores uh, like from on the M7 series, um, which are all the way up at like, you know, 400, 500, 600 megahertz. If you use regular RAM for those, uh, you don't get the benefits of, of going at that uh, level of speed. So interesting to start working with all of this stuff and, and get a little bit better at it and um hopefully that i'll carry out over into into new projects um dealt with a lot of hard faults as uh, a result uh when you get stuff wrong in the linkers it really really goes wrong uh so um but still learning experience um on the personal end uh i got myself a 3d printer uh, we've got the new Lulzbot Mini, uh, which supports flexible filament out bat, so I'm very excited about that. Um, looking forward to doing some um, kind of robot muscle kind of projects that I've been thinking about. Um, and uh, I on uh, yesterday, I did my first, uh, what I'm calling, screenless Sunday. So I try to take all day, 100%, no screens, don't even look at my phone, don't even look at an iPad, just uh, completely off digital. Um, 
I still worked on projects. I just wrote them in my notebooks. And where I had emails that I wanted to send, I kind of wrote down what would go in the email. And then I put it on a to-do list. Um, and it wrote really well. I mean, I, uh, I got to bed on time. I got all my projects done. I did uh, a whole bunch of things that I've been meaning to do. So um, would recommend in general. Screenless Sunday. Um, uh, this week, I'm going to be working more on module compatibility, uh, making things uh, work between the H7, F7, F4, blah, 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 all these new chips, um, and uh, working on the documentation of the STM32 port in general, since uh, we are hoping that uh, others will be able to come in and contribute. And if they don't understand how it works right now, uh, it might be a, a bit of a learning curve. So I'm hoping to write some more documentation to make that an easier process. And uh, that's it for me. All right. Thank you. Next up is Jeff. Hi again. Last week and so far today, I released 510. Thanks again to everybody who contributed. Uh, the bulk of my time went toward Protomatter, the RGB matrix code that is working on SAMD51 and NRF, and I've been staring at it all meeting uh, with one of my rainbow test programs, so that's a lot of fun. There's at least one more memory problem. I'll be chasing that this week. Uh, and in my playtime, which is also kind of work time, I took a couple of steps with Blinka and PureIO SPI, which Maker Melissa talked about. It was fun to help out there. This week, uh, actually I did this this morning, I reviewed Scott's low power patches, or lower power patches, and I'm really looking forward to seeing that land. I will respond to the Protomatter review if there is more of that that comes in. I will get this memory allocation problem fixed once I chase it down. And that's really putting in the back of my mind that uh, this code has to either allocate memory that is garbage collected or that is not garbage collected because of the moment at which we have to allocate it. And this turns out to be really hard to reason about. So I will be thinking about, are there other things that we can provide to make it easier to reason about? I haven't come up with anything yet, but you know, thinking about it. Uh, I also want to write more code to use protomatter um, some kind of scrolling text. So think a stock tipper, but it's going to show whimsical things and made up numbers like uh, dogs padded today, 52. I don't know what it will do, but uh, looking for a couple of ideas. Anyway, uh, outside of uh, work and computers, we can still walk around outside here. So uh, going on about an hour long walk almost every day, going to wear a mask out today. It's time to normalize mask wearing. And of course, there's always the cooking and baking. So uh, oh, my phone's taking a second here, but um, I made these lovely loaves of bread and I did an egg wash, which uh, I don't think I ever did before. And it just made the top look that much prettier. So uh, yum. Also, I'm really hungry right now because uh, lunch is after the meeting. Jeff, I feel like you actually need to display made up numbers like 11 to 12. Oh, a list of made-up numbers? <laughs> now that you've said that, yeah. Sure. Yes. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much. And that does Thanks. look delicious. Next up is Jerry. Hi. That does look good. Um, let's see. I've slowly been migrating boards whenever I can over to 510. No no problem so far. Looks, looks really good. And, um, yeah, then not a whole lot accomplished this week. Um I, I'll get to it later, but next week, my I really have no idea what I'll do, but I, one thing that's um, high on my list is to try and 
finish off the uh, RFM 9X uh, updated PR just to bring it up to up to up to date with the uh, RFM 69 PR, um, which is still in in review. And um, yeah, most of my time in the last couple of weeks and probably for the next week or two is spent on a project for my former day job. I've been reconscripted, but um, it's been a fun project that uh, involves getting a C force uh, a, a, a a force kernel written in C running on these uh, micro semi FPGA smart fusion boards that are Cortex M3. Um, so we got it up and running, which is, which was a major thrill this week. And uh, for anyone who knows force, seeing that okay prompt was just a, a real, a real, a real pleasure. And um, now I'm trying to remember how, how to, how to use force. But um, the way, the reason we use this is that the FPGA designer that I've been working with in the last 30 years um, and I, for all the projects we build, the initial power up and testing of the, of the boards is done with Forth to allow really simple, easy testing and scripting of tests to test and debug all the interfaces. And then um, we also, you know, use it to to run test programs to test software too. But uh, initially, it's really just the bare the bare metal testing, and um, so that that's been a lot of fun. And then uh, the other thing is that we went for a walk today and ran into uh, some baby foxes. They were really cute. So there's a picture of one of them over in pet photos. I saw that. That was incredibly adorable. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. And that yep. is status updates. Thank you, everyone, for participating. Uh, next up is In the Weeds, if I can get there. And um, In the Weeds is an opportunity for more long-form discussions. Uh, whereas status updates is a couple minutes. This is uh, for us to discuss stuff that doesn't really fit into status updates or questions you might have, that sort of thing. If you have any, um, feel free to post them in the chat channel or into the notes, and we will turn it over to you when it becomes that time. So first up, I'm going to turn it over to Foamy Guy for the first topic. Right. Um, I think this one's probably pretty quick, but just uh, something that came up last night with a user in the help with CircuitPython room. Um, they noticed they, they have a, a PyPortal Titano, um, and they were asking about um, good good resources for making interfaces for that. So I know, I, um, and I've used this one before, this is what I pointed him to, was making a PyPortal user interface with Display.io. This is a great guide. Um, but one thing they noticed was that uh, one of the pages uh, in this example, it makes use of the temperature sensor, just putting the current value on the screen. Um, and because the Titano uh, and I think the Pint as well, they don't have the temperature sensors, so uh, it makes the example code crash on those devices. So um, really just wanted to get the idea out there um, to see if we had any thoughts. Uh, really, my first thought was just editing the examples, maybe to use um, try catch or uh, check specifically the device name with um, one, of, one of the imports, I think, is it import board or something? One of those can check the device name. Um, but basically, just making those examples uh, so that they will catch the error so that they can be used on the PyPortal Titano and the PyPortal Pint. Um, which are lacking the temperature sensor. I think a try and accept would work better. Um, to actually check the board name, you need to do a different import, and it it doesn't it doesn't get hairy if you know what you're doing. But if you're brand new to it, it can look a little confusing. 
Um, okay. So if we want to update that code, I would suggest using a try and accept because that's fairly easy to explain to a new user. You know, you're trying to do this thing. It doesn't exist. Therefore, you run the next set of code. Yep. All right. I will. Um, I can start working. I think those are they are in a repo. Um, they're from the learn guide, so it's not right. part of the library or anything. Uh, but it is big enough that it's part of the learn guide repo. So uh, I can start working on some PRs for those this week. All right. Excellent. Thank you. I think um, try try and accept is is good if you don't know the parameters, like you, but. It's clearer if you write code based on the board name because it's the board that matters. I think if you use try, try accept, you don't actually like your code won't actually explain why the temperature sensor is missing in some cases. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I this is something that came up with uh, Geek Guy had a an issue about like uh, returning stuff instead of throwing exceptions, and I think this is a case where. I think it's better to be defensive about it rather than uh, responsive. Where, like, I think try and accept is a responsive way to do it, but you can. So, so, so what I'm saying is, my preference would be to check the name because then the code makes it clear that it's different boards that cause it to work differently. Whereas, if you just use try accept, it will work across everything, but it may not be clear why it works differently in different scenarios. I think that makes sense to me. Um, the only question that came up uh, from that side, though, was if the pint and the Titano um, do have separate board names. We'll have to, to look into that a little bit if we do end up going that route. Yes. Yeah, and that would be a case where try, try and accept is your only option, and I think just having a comment is fine. But we really sh like if we find a case where that's true, we should really not do that. We should really have separate builds for every board so that we can do exactly those sorts of checks. I will um, try to look into that. I don't have. Uh, I have only. I have the standard pie portal and but no Titanium or pint, so I can't try, try it out myself. But I will try to look into um, figuring out if those have separate names. Somehow. You could also. You could probably just load the other two builds on this regular one, but I can also look. That is, uh, that's an option I hadn't considered. So there, <laughs> it, I guess if the screen screen size is the main difference, um, maybe I'll give that a try. I mean, maybe the screen wouldn't work, but if the screen doesn't work, it's not the end of the world either. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can still see what I need from Repl and everything. It's not going to so. break anything is the point. It just may not work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good to know. I um, that's it's a weird trick. A couple of different uh, weird weird testing cases, so keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. So the, in the text chat, they are saying that the pint does not have a separate uh, identity within the machine. You uh, name machine, so uh, okay. that yeah, that's the one. won't work. In this case, then, uh, for the time being, what I'll do is go with the try-catch, but I will also make sure to put um, some comments there that explain why it's doing it. Perfect. And it may be a reason to make an actual pint build uh, yeah. if you wanted to dip your feet into that for the reasons that Scott gave. 
Um, I it sounds like that would be a fun thing, but that definitely would be a brand new thing for me. So I can uh, I can give it a try, but I will probably uh, very likely need some more help uh, trying to do something like that. We're oh, here. Uh, you just got through building CircuitPython for the first time. I think that's the hardest part <laughs> yeah. for, for this particular one. Yeah. And the, the how to add a board guide is really handy too. Perfect. Yep. I will start working my way through there. See what I can get figured out. Thank you. I think that covers it. So we can move on to whichever one is next. All right. Excellent. That would be me. Um, so the question I have is how do we want to handle libraries not intended for PyPI? Many of them have setup.py.disabled, um, which is to say setup.py was renamed, uh, but it's not consistent. And is there any objection to just using that as a standard? Um, the reason for this is uh, Adabot checks for setup.py. And if setup.py mm -hmm. is not found, it triggers a check that says setup.py is not available for PyPI compatibility. That's a vaguely inaccurate check because some of them are just straight up never going to be on PyPI, such as a circuit playground library. Um, mm. And so there are just straight up libraries that don't belong on PyPI. Is there any objection to just including a setup.py.disabled file in um, in the library in the library repos um, for the purpose of being able to utilize? Because we still want to have that check because we want to make sure that the libraries that are intended for PyPI are have the appropriate files. Um, so the check needs to exist, but there it's right now it's triggering on a bunch of libraries that were never intended for PyPI. So it basically, it just, it gives us a way to run that check without, um, it, it's basically, we would be using it as a flag ostensibly. Yeah, that sounds good. And if the contents of the file were just an ex explanation, that would be cool too. Okay. Like maybe that's the place we put the reason it's disabled. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, that sounds great because it doesn't the, the actual setup.py content doesn't need to exist because um, we're not running it. Mm -hmm. So okay. And tend to extend it, Katney. I just thought about this. Mm -hmm. um, this also kind of goes back to the that long running question we had over. Um, requiring Blinka or not. And I think we still have that check. We do. I'd have to look. So we should probably be able to link the two of them because if we're not going to require PyPI, then we obviously don't need Blinka. So Okay. Mm -hmm. That sounds excellent. I think it's kind of a two birds, one stone. That is that is perfect. Um Okay, making notes. All right, good. We're done there. Um, next one is a question for Anne. How? What is the best way to get newsletter info to you from community members? So, um, for example, uh, Foamy Guy had some suggestions for the newsletter. What's the best way to get that to you? Because Discord obviously um, wasn't it. Oh, sorry. Um, no worries. There... I just want to make sure we're doing what's best for you. Okay. 
Um, there are at least two ways. Um, one, well, the dog knows best. But, um, you can put in a pull request um, on the newsletter repo. Mm -hmm. And um, I always check for all the PRs. Okay. Um, if anybody sees that I closed a PR and didn't merge your thing because there was a merge conflict and I directly used your content, and uh, I should note that in the PR when I uh, close it. So no fear that I'm ignoring you. Um, also, if you have Twitter, if you tag it with the hashtag, um, I go through and look at the week's uh, posts, tag circuit Python, and add things there. Okay. And for my special friends, all of you, um, you can write you can me an email and b a n n e b at adafruit.com, and I will. I have a special folder in my uh, email that I put all the um, newsletter content, and I'll check that too. So. Uh, it gives you three ways. Uh, I apologize on Discord. Um, this process is somewhat new to me, and I think I've overloaded the channels in trying to sweep up news. So uh, if you'd please use those three, um, that would be best for now. That is excellent. All right. Thank you very much. No problem. And we're good there. So next up is Higher Effect. Uh, this was kind of a question for Scott. Um, just uh, wondering how uh, the the hardware meetups you mentioned that you were having a hardware meetups over Discord, um, and I was kind of wondering about how the structure was because I actually got a, a request this morning uh, from someone who attended our uh, CircuitPython Boston meetup, mm -hmm. um, who was wondering whether it would be any it, it, whether it might be a fun idea to have a virtual meetup for kind of casual CircuitPython um, discussion, um, uh, as opposed to kind of the weekly meetings where it's, it, we, we had sort of a formal structure for it. Um, and uh, I, I was kind of interested in the idea because I, like I like to just kind of have casual chats and, and talk to people about CircuitPython, especially if they're, they're new to the project or interested in contributing. Um, but I wasn't sure how that would really work over a video call just because, you know, in a physical meetup, you can kind of branch off your discussions and people can go off and, and, and kind of talk to each other. Um, you know, there's, whereas in a call, it seems like it really, if you don't want to have everybody talking over each other, you really mm -hmm. need to have kind of a topic and a mediator. So I was wondering uh, how that kind of was working for the, the hardware meetup and, and whether you had any ideas. Uh, we're still working on it. So, like, the Seattle Harder Happy Hour is every first Thursday of the month, so we kind of had a, 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 time, a time goal for last week. So we set up the Discord, and what, the way it ended up is, like, you know, you set a time, so everybody got on at the same time, which was cool. But we ended up kind of just all being dumped in the same voice channel, and it was kind of that sort of thing of, like, I talked for a while and posted some pictures of things I was working on, and then, like, Sophie posted some pictures and talked about it as well, um, which was fine. It was it was cool to have it, but it, it, I was kind of ho hoping for more what you're talking about of like everybody gets on, but then there's like multiple things happening 
in like multiple voice channels to go with it. Um, so Chris Gamble had has now like changed the voice channels there so that there's actually a cap on different uh, voice channels, which I think will be could be an interesting forcing function for it. Mm. Um, I think for you, for like casual circuit Python, you could just pick a time and just hop in this channel here. Um, if you or the other option is if you want to be a more physical group, I'd recommend kind of joining the hardware happy hour and 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 there's not a Boston group yet, but um, you could use that as a platform to find people who want to keep meeting up in person in the long term as well. Um, yeah, I mean, we were we were going to set up uh, a more much more regular kind of uh, Python on hardware meetup at Artisans Asylum. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, obviously, that's that's all been you know put on hold um, due to COVID. But uh, okay. I'll 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 think about how we could set it up and and just kind of think about that structure. It sounds like it's still a work in progress on your end. But um, if you have any, uh, if you guys encounter anything with the hardware right. meetup that ends up working really well, yeah. um, I would I would definitely love to hear about it because uh, I think it's a it's an interesting social engineering. <laughs> project trying to get people to be able to have kind of side conversations right on a video call that's it's uh, right it's tricky it's uh it's not organic so yeah i don't think we figured it out but i think one thing that's interesting is like you know our group here is all online all the time but these are groups that are traditionally in person and plan on being in person later so although the the meeting part of it is kind of been a bit weirder it has also been a chance for us as like like Hardware Happy Hour is a, is a meetup that happens in multiple cities across the U.S. or across the world, and so like it is a bit interesting that being by us all being online, we're getting a lot more cross pollination, uh, which is a really cool thing. And and now that we have the Discord server, it's like a central spot for us to all coordinate uh, around this kind of common in person theme too. So I think you know there's it's going to be weird. It's not a, not going to be like we're in person, but there's going to be some really good stuff that comes out of it as well. Cool. All right. Yeah, I think so. To kind of, I guess, cheer on what, what Scott's saying. I think so in the way that the Oslo conference worked it, where they had, you know, a, a text channel for each of the various topics and then both how, how 3H has done their voice channels and setting up different ones. And they seem to be generally named for now, but I mean, I think it just kind of takes a little bit of organization up front and you can have, you know, moderators assigned to each particular area that you're trying to present and whatnot. And they just kind of have the flexibility to, to move things around as, as they need. But I think for, for Adafruit server, you know, if you wanted to do it in here, you can start out, you know, CircuitPython being the central location. And then if there are separate, conversations that need to occur, people can just agree to go to one of the other voice channels. Well, I'll, uh, I'll think about it. Thanks for the, the input, folks. Yeah, I think I, I think Summersaw's right that the Oshawa, the Oshawa thing was the best way I've seen that where you get multiple conversations going. It was basically structure the, the, the start and then allow people to split off into different conversations from there 
I wonder if it would be good to facilitate that in some way where you kind of like start with some some preset topics, talk about news, mm -hmm. et cetera, um, but then invite people to post kind of their own topic ideas in the chat and then actually kind of do a, a um, you know, have people kind of vote for which topics they want to split off on and then have like a, a set splitting off topic period or something right. like that. Right. I don't know. It's all... It all has to be a little bit more organized. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's good to think about. Okay, great. Well, that's that's all I wanted to discuss. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks. Thank you. And with that, I think we'll go ahead and wrap up. This has been the Circuit Python Weekly for April sixth, twenty twenty. We will be posting the video and podcast of this. Uh, meeting up on YouTube and it will go out to podcast services. So if you're listening later, uh, remember that you are always welcome to join us. Um, you can go to adafru.it slash discord to join the Adafruit discord server. We are there all week chatting. So if you have questions or just looking to discuss something, please come and join us. We have all kinds of channels and a huge community that is available um, for all kinds of support. So come on and check it out. Thank you everyone who participated this week and we will talk to you all next week. Thanks everyone. Is Tanud?